Everyday Dadding um, for Series 2. We're very excited to be back with you and uh, we've got a very exciting podcast for you today. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, ben, tell us what's going on today. Uh, well, I'm excited because I'm here with you, Robin. Uh, but more importantly, uh, we are joined by Adam Griffin, who is the lead pastor of Eastside Community Church Dallas, I believe. Is that right? That's correct. That's it. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, and your family? Yeah, I'm a, like you said, I'm a pastor here in Dallas, and I've been doing that for a while now and have absolutely loved it. I'm married to Chelsea, and we've been married for 10 years. She's a labor and delivery nurse. She works nights delivering babies, so she's sleeping right now while I'm talking to y'all. She's kind of on UK time, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then we have three sons together, Gus and Theodore, and Oscar's nine, Gus is seven, Theodore's five, and they are a delight. They're fantastic boys. Are they delight all of the time? Uh, 100% of the time, with few exceptions that I guess make it not 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we always ask our guests for their favorite dad joke, um, their favorite eye-rolling, kids-depressing kind of uh, terrible <laughs> joke. Have you, have you got a particular gem to share with us? Well, I'll tell you, the hardest part of this is that so many that I really that it's hard to to pick one. I'll tell you one that my kids have actually enjoyed lately. I don't know why they get a kick out of it. It's a little bit morose, but uh, you, the joke goes like this: You say, "Son, do you know why dinosaurs can't talk?" No. And they say, "Why, Dad?" And you say, "Well, because they're all dead, son." <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm I'm storing that. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Just to watch their jaws drop. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's fantastic. That that is yeah that goes that goes in the catalogue. That's good. Yeah. Um, Adam, you're one of the authors of a book that came out at the end of last year called Family Discipleship: Leading Your Home Through Time, Moments, and Milestones. Just tell us. Um, so, why did you write this book, and uh, who is it for? That's a great question. Uh, well, we wrote this book partially because my job at the church led us to uh, minister to families. And, and, and if you're in any kind of ministry, you minister to families all the time. But my specific role was towards families. And we were thinking through how do we help families understand what is their role and what should they expect from their church when it comes to raising their kids to know Jesus. In addition, we wrote the book because there are a uh, while there's a bunch of resources to accomplish family discipleship, like there's uh, children's Bibles or there's worship albums or there's devotion books, there wasn't really a resource out there that we felt like you could put in the hands of a parent who either just became a believer or wanted to think about creating a plan for their new kids or their, their existing family and what it would look like to lead them spiritually and what's ironic about that is there's thousands of books like that for, for marriages. If you're engaged, there's a bunch of books to go ask these questions, come up with this plan for how your marriage is going to go. But when you become a parent, there wasn't really a, a church, a gospel-centered, a, a, a Christ-focused book that said, here, Christian parents, 
this will help you come up with a plan, but also inspire and encourage you for something that might seem daunting uh, for you to disciple your kids. And so uh, Matt and I wrote that together, knowing that my family's in, uh, got kids in elementary school, his family has kids in high school. And so together, we got to give a little bit of a broader picture of what families might look like, although every family is different. We tried to write in such a way and give a framework that would apply to any family, no matter what. Awesome. Um, that's brilliant. And um, so it, without 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 stopping people buying the book, <laughs> what is leave us leave us hanging for more. But what is family discipleship in a nutshell? Oh, that's a great question. And you, uh, just so you know, I don't make any money off sales of the book. I think you should buy the book. I can straight up because I think it's great, but I'm not here because I'm trying to hawk some uh, side hustle, some side project. I just believe that family should be discipling. And family discipleship in its simplest form, the way we would define it is, is that it is um, the important and ordinary, mostly ordinary spiritual leadership of your home. And by that, we mean important. It's something God asked you to do. He commanded you to do it. Right there, it's important. He deserves the worship of your family. So again, right there, it's important. It makes a significant difference for generations. So again, right there, it's important. But the best version of family discipleship is mostly ordinary. Even though it's so important, it's not done in these incredible events with all this pomp and circumstance every day. It's done around the breakfast table. It's done when your kids get into trouble and you need to discipline them, or they come to you and they're struggling, or they're afraid, or they're bored, or fill in the blank. It's the normal, very small, everyday ways that we weave in how we talk about Jesus and point our kids to him. That is family discipleship. It's, it's spiritual leadership. It's taking on the role of initiating what needs to be done to help your kids become friends and followers of Jesus Christ. Mm, that <clears throat> that's really helpful and, and i think um that emphasis on the ordinary is really is really good I mean, when i picked it up i mean you know, your first line uh chapter one no one can help or hurt a child like a parent can <gasps> help <laughs> what, what, what a, yeah um and i quite, i like the way you, you you go in quite um uh you know pr pretty gung-ho at the beginning in terms of this this is a, a huge privilege and a responsibility mm -hmm. um and so i guess yeah, if people are really just feeling, uh, what would you say to someone who's feeling intimidated or overwhelmed just with that responsibility um, in terms of, you know, actually family discipleship is just, it is just the ordinary stuff. You know, what, maybe unpack that a bit for us. How can we um, encourage those who feel but they just don't know where to start. Yeah, that's great. And it's much like any aspect of the Christian life, right? Where we could not, by our own reason or strength, make God do what we want or uh, fix our lives or uh, unsin ourselves, make ourselves perfect. And the same is true when it comes to parenting. But in parenting, you, you see sometimes more uh, manifestations of your mistakes, unfortunately. It makes it more intimidating. And the more important something is, sometimes the more intimidating it is. And then on top of that, parents are insanely busy. Every kid is different. And so it's an easy field to feel uh, discouraged in or to feel judged by or to feel a lack of grace because you can compare yourself to a hundred other parents. And the purpose of the book that we wrote is not to say, hey, compare yourself to a perfect family and feel bad about yourself, but rather to help you understand every dad is flawed. Every mom is messed up. 
And so how do people that are imperfect follow a perfect God and help their kids do the same? And one of the most important aspects of family discipleship is actually being a repentant, imperfect person because your kids are going to be imperfect people. And so you're helping them see what is it like for an imperfect person to follow a perfect God. And so we take some of the intimidation out by demystifying what we mean, but we also take some of the intimidation out by reminding you this is God's work that he's invited you into. And if you have faith in the God that I believe in, this God is perfectly capable of using even imperfect, dull tools like me to accomplish the task of saving these kids. Mm. I was really struck by, there's a, there's a quote that you use from Thomas Watson, um, where he says, a father is a looking glass, which the child often dresses himself by. Uh, let the glass be clear and not spotted. I mean, wow, that's a huge challenge, isn't it? Uh, as a dad, just, and I know, I know for us, you know, we see our character and particularly the character flaws, I think we see more clearly just reflected in our children. And I think that's often the things that kind of make us go, ah, more, more than anything. Just, you kind of picked up on, on the kind of, um, ordinary sense of um, living a life as imperfect people. So it, where, does, where do things like confessing our sin um, and repentance, how do, how do we model, begin to model that before our children? Well, yeah, that's a really important aspect of what we're talking about. It's a, we're not trying to inspire parents to fake some kind of perfection for their kids or a fake some kind of spirituality on their behalf. Uh, but to be really honest. So to be honest with your kids. Now, uh, that quote you gave from Thomas Watson is so good. And we do want to pursue an effort that says, I want my kids to be able to look at my life and for me to have footsteps worth following. And at the same time, footsteps worth following for any human being is going to include repentance. And repentance doesn't just mean me and God. Sometimes it means I need to go to my kids. Now, I do this often and apologize to them and own, hey, a dad lost his temper there, or I was more harsh with you than I should have been. It's very easy to be hypocritical as a parent and say, well, I wouldn't let you talk to your brothers like that. I talk to you like that. And so I'm sorry that I gave you a poor example. Uh, that was not the kind, gentle, patient father that the God has called me to be. And I'm going to ask you to pray with and for me to do that. But also in general, when it comes to family discipleship, sometimes family discipleship starts with confessing, with repentance, saying, Hey, can you forgive your dad? We should have all along been reading the Bible together and we have not been doing it. And so I want to start doing it now, but I'm asking your forgiveness and treating our kids a little less like a nuisance or a little less like a, uh, a task or an errand and a little bit more like a person, like any person that we would interact with who we had sinned against. But you guys know this. Sometimes our families get the brunt of our worst instead of get like the energy from our best. It's if, if we talk to our coworkers the way we talk to our kids, we wouldn't have a job very long, you know? And if you were a boss the way you're a dad, you, no one would want to work for you. Uh, but if we're pursuing the way the Lord has called us to lead, that means we're serving and we're repenting. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a beautiful start for any dad. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, so in a sense, it's, it's you know, when we model, we are just living Christianly before them and, and showing showing them what that what that means i think i think you're, you're absolutely right that so often we get they get grumpy dad don't they that you know they, they get the dregs of the dad at the end of the day um which yep. can be quite hard to yeah quite hard to to, to kind of get around in that sense 
Um, but I, I love that idea of kind of just ordinary modeling um, uh, in the everyday of life. The, the bit in the, um, uh, through the book, I think what you're really good at, particularly with the kind of the moments and the milestone stuff is sort of picking out, actually you don't have to change your life much to do this. It's just recognizing opportunities to do this. The, the one thing that you're, you're really strong on in terms of if you're not doing this, you need to be is somehow opening the Bible with your kids. Um, actually, that's, that, that needs to become a, uh, a top priority. And we, we've talked a little bit about this in the podcast before with other guys, but um, have, you, have you got any kind of um, tips? Yeah, if, if people are struggling to do that, to sit down with their kids and open the Bible, any kind of advice from, from your experience or a, a, a success story you've come across in terms of getting that going? Yeah, yeah for sure. I'll share uh, some advice and then a little bit of an example in my own home. But uh, some people get intimidated thinking you have to be like a theological wizard or like a man, you have to be a, a seminary professor in order to really open the Bible and teach. You have to be a qualified pastor. But often we would call our people to, um, to say, as you're learning the Bible, you're teaching the Bible, as you're opening a passage, you can ask very simple questions. You read a little bit and you can say something along the lines of, and every time you can say, if this is true, what does this change about our family? If this is true, what does it change about our family? You could read the narratives of Jesus' life, and you can see Jesus find coins inside a fish. You can see him heal a leper. You can see him uh, persecuted and say, man, if this is true, if this is what God did for us, what does that change about our family? What does it change about the way we treat uh, the people around us, the way we honor our God, the way we make disciples? So I'll give you some examples. Uh, one of the most important things I believe we talk about in the book is that to be a follower of Christ is often countercultural. It's not uh, the most popular kid in school if the kid is following Jesus the way I want him, because it grates against modern sensibilities. And so when we read a story in the scripture, uh, we might read something like uh, a couple months ago, we were reading the story of Zacchaeus. And in the story of Zacchaeus, God tells Jesus he should not go to Zacchaeus's house, but he goes anyway. And so with our kids, we ask them, uh, when is it okay to follow the crowd and when should we not? And in our family, we say we, we follow the crowd when the crowd is following Jesus. And if the crowd is not following Jesus, then we know the crowd is wrong. And we'll talk about that with Shadrach and Abednego. We'll talk about that with Daniel. We talk about that with Joseph and Potiphar's wife. You talk about it. Almost every story, we're thinking about what are the things we want our kids to know and how true and what we're reading in the Bible. Another really easy thing would be to point to God's supremacy as the only God. You're going to see that in every story. So asking, what does this teach us about our God? And what does it tell us about everything else that we seek to satisfy our hearts with? What does this tell us about sports? What does this tell us about academics? What does this tell us about food? If God is the only God and to him be the glory, then everything else must be a gift from him that is still supposed to glorify his name. And so again, we have a couple threads that our family uses in almost every Bible story we use, but there's also tons of resources out there for the parent who doesn't know or doesn't feel comfortable just opening the Bible and reading. And there's, uh, there's children's Bibles, there's storybook Bibles, there's Bibles for teenagers with little devotional ideas in there to just ask some questions. But also, I'd encourage you to reach out to your local pastor and say, hey, I want to get better at this. Can you help me as I'm considering what does it look like to disciple my family through the scripture? Mm. Yeah, can you imagine the, the you can imagine the pastor with the parent phoning up saying, "Can you help me to do this with my kids?" They'd be like, 
What? Yes, right. Okay. <laughs> yes, finally. Finally. <laughs> yes. What a call I've been waiting for. Absolutely. So, um, Adam, tell us, what aspect of being a Christian dad do you find the hardest? Uh, nice, nice, easy, gentle question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to get to my deepest, darkest secret, it's really dealing with my own childhood and my own upbringing that I have my own traumas from. And so you think about what if or what aspect of my parenting will be most memorable for my kid? Will my legacy be somebody who was short, harsh, or absent? Or will they remember the times that we were together and having fun? And so I get in my own head about being a father all the time, thinking about will my imperfections be my most memorable lessons? Or will it be something, the, will the Lord be so gracious to give me a lifelong good relationship with these boys he's given me? And so I don't want to be a a people pleaser of self-aggrandizing in my family. And at the same time, I want the legacy my kids know to be a man who is willing to be humble enough to admit when he's wrong. And that humility, not self-deprecating, not self-insulting or self-harassing, but I want to be a man who's honest with my kids about my imperfections so that they never have to remember a day where they thought their dad was too arrogant to admit he was wrong or too absent to say he loved us or too disinterested to take an interest in their emotions, feelings. And I want to be a safe place for them to express whatever's hard for them. So that's a daily dying to myself. And that is not easy. There are often tasks I would rather be doing in the immediate moment than serving one of my sons or answering another question. Or, you know, this with multiple kids, different kids need different things at the same time that I'm trying to get something done. So and in the midst of COVID, we're, we can all be home at the same time. And I'm trying to, I have a job I've got to do at the same time. And that can be so difficult to balance. But the Lord's been gracious to give me a fruit of the spirit in patience and gentleness. And I want to lean into those things and self-control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a miracle that I haven't had a kid wander in in the last 20 minutes. That's, <laughs> that's, just, that's kind of how lockdown's gone. It's, it's, you know, you're available all day and then well, I'm busy now. And then suddenly it's, Dad, can you help me tie my shoelace? <laughs> Not now. <laughs> yeah, you kind of expect that moment. There was that clip on BBC News of the interview, wasn't that? I don't know if you saw that, Adam. Yes. Oh, it was so great. Just <laughs> superb. But I think, in a sense, one of the things that's happening at the moment, you mentioned busyness before, and I think a lot of our families are, are now, suddenly they've got loads of time together, um, and uh, and that ordinary kind of shaping of life can I mean in a sense it, it's thrown all the balls up in the air and uh, and it's now's an opportunity for some families to go yeah we're just going to do the ordinary stuff better yes we're going to do the ordinary Christian life together um, better I mean is, is that something you're seeing happening uh, in the states as well or very much I think this is a time for families to reset all of the rhythms to say, what is our normal everyday going to be like? And now that you see each other more and dad isn't traveling as much for work or mom's not leaving the home as much or errands are being done together, there's a, a an opportunity. And, and for us, a lot of, you know, sports that would normally take time away from the family, that's canceled. Those things aren't happening. And so it's an opportunity for the family to reset. What are the times that we cross each other's path and how would he use those times? And then how do we share this space together in a way that helps us be followers of Christ together to confess sin, to, to offer forgiveness, 
to inspire and to do what the Lord has called us to. And I think COVID has created a lot of awareness in families about the opportunity they have or have not been taking advantage of with their own kids. Yeah, that, that's so true. I mean, in our family, going and doing the grocery shopping has now become like the exciting thing of the week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's how that's how bad lockdown has got. But um, um, Ada, that's that's been super helpful. But if if you could leave our, our listeners, um, both of them, um, with uh, w- with one piece of advice as we close, you know, what would it be from a perspective of being being a Christian dad? What's the, what's the one thing that you would leave our listeners with? Well, I think something we touched on earlier. A lot of times, we as dads, uh, we are very happy to talk about providing for our family. And that's how we love our families by working hard. And that is good. And that is right. And the Bible even talks about providing for your household. And I, I'm, I'm all for that. But I, I, if there's one thing that I wish I could convince every dad of, it's that I want your best energy to be in leading your family spiritually. The same way you would think about it, if you want to be good at your job, think about this job. Think about instead of punching out at work and coming home, think about your punching in when you get home. This is this is the task the Lord has given you. And instead of making home a respite from your workplace, remember that home is your workplace. This is the place to get down on the floor with your little kids. This is a place to get around the table with your older kids and play games and enjoy each other's company, but also point to each other, to our God who is so creative, to our God who is so loving, so to our God who is so present. And if we're aware of him, he's everywhere. So every moment we have the opportunity to point him out. Good stuff. Amazing. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Adam. Um, what a delight to hear from you. And uh, do check out that book, Family Discipleship, um, by Adam Griffin and Matt Chandler, um, published by Crossway uh, last year. We, we, we would encourage you to read that. I think it's got some, some really helpful stuff in there that would really challenge and encourage you. Um, we'd love you to get in contact with us. Um, if you uh, have a question or some a suggestion, uh, do email us at everydaydadding at gmail.com. Uh, do visit our website um, at everydaydadding.com and maybe write to us, even a letter. We love getting post. Um, just pop it in the post at Ben and Robin at Everyday Dadding, and I'm sure it'll get to us. Brilliant. Thanks so much for listening uh, to us uh, today, and um, uh, we'll uh, do catch up with us next time. See ya. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. 